John, the Yankees made news during the break. They fired their hitting coach, Dylan Lawson. They replaced them with Sean Casey. And we have Sean Casey on the show. Very good. Good timing. And we love this hire. We know him personally. And uh, in fact, I shared an office with him at the beginning at MLB Network. Uh, terrific guy. So that's a great start. We don't know what kind of a coach he's going to be, but we feel very good about this right now. Yeah, working with him, we know why he's called the mayor. He's a gregarious, happy guy. He does love hitting. We'll talk about all that. We'll talk about the first halves of the Yankees and the Mets. Not quite something to be gregarious about. We'll play hit and error if you stick with us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John, I have a feeling our preseason podcast is a lot different than our pre-second half podcast. I think there was a lot of optimism around the Yankees and the Mets. Uh, Payrolls were part of that, uh, number one and number two, number one with a bullet, right? With the Mets, they did so much to build the payroll up into the high 300 millions. And yet, as the second half's about to begin, we're talking about two fourth place teams one of them, the Yankees, is one game out of a wild card, but uh, about eight out of first place. The Mets are seven out of a wild card, still under 500. John, uh, go where you want. Mets, Yankees, both level of disappointment. You 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 take the, 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 the court here. Oh, well, the level of disappointment is extreme overall. I mean, the Mets are a disaster at this point. I mean, nobody expected this. Uh, they won 101 games last year. They replaced the Grom uh, with Verlander. Uh brought back virtually the same team. They've had some rookies come in who've done well, particularly Senga and Alvarez to be under 500 now. Uh, it's just shocking. Uh, I think the Yankees are in decent position. Obviously, their hitting has been terrible. They've made an adjustment. I think Sean Casey is their hitting coach. I, we, I, I won't speak for you, but I like that move. I think that will help. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like their hitting is going to get better. And uh, their pitching is good. Their relief pitching is very good. I think their starting pitching will be even better now that Rodon is back and Cortez will come back. So, I, you know, I think the Yankees are in decent shape. The Mets are not. We've basically been saying that for over a month now, even before the Mets really went on an even worse slide. But uh, I think it's accurate. Yeah, you know, John, I, I sat through a lot of the second uh, uh, during the All-Star break, and I kept trying to figure out, like if I were a detective and I had to figure out what, what's at the core, there, there's no single thing that's causing problems for both teams, right? But clearly offense is the problem for the Yankees. When the Yankees just score four runs, which is, by the way, under league average, right? Four or more, they're 40 and 11, right? That's a it's a really good winning percentage. It's over. It's at 811. The major league average is 787. Just get the four. If they get the four, to your point, good pitching, good run prevention. The Mets and the Yankees have played the same number of games where they got a six-inning start. Forget about a quality start, just a six-inning start. 31 games. The Yankees are actually 21 and 10. The Mets are 27 and 4. Just getting a six-inning start, which is way above league average, just a six-inning start. So I think let why don't we drill down on the Mets a little bit? 
to me, there's an avenue to get back into it. The avenue is Scherzer and Verlander pitched better as the second half went, uh, the first half went on. They should get Quintana back here early in the second half. Carrasco looked a little better. better. Senga, okay, he was not a true all-star, but he was at the all-star game because he had a good first half. There is an avenue to go round and round with that starting pitching and keep their bullpen in order. I do not think it's impossible, but I do think the weight is on that group. Yeah, you're a little more optimistic than I am at this point. Uh, you know, Verlander and Scherzer have been better, but they are 40 and 38 years old, respectively. We do have a pitch But Verlander was year. a 39-year-old Cy Young Award winner. Well, we haven't seen that this year. We've seen a few starts for Verlander like that, but he was a 175 ERA last year. His ERA right, but it was only last double. year is, I guess, what I'm saying. You know, the fall is precipitous, right? Yeah, it is precipitous. Yeah, I mean, I, we've seen a half a year. Now, he missed the first month. You know, I, I think he could get better, but he's not going to be that 175 ERA guy. Scherzer's been so up and down, I mean, with the sticky stuff and the uh, missed time and uh, the pitch clock. Um, you know, I just don't feel that optimistic. The one thing that gives me a little bit of optimism with the Mets, are, are the are the Marlins really this good? Are the Brewers really this good? Uh, are the Giants really this good? I know the Mets are buying a lot of teams, but you could see a few of those teams slipping back a bit. Some of them have been, you know, kind of, I don't want to say lucky, but they've won a lot of one-run games. I mean, obviously, Council's a good manager in Milwaukee. Maybe that continues for them. Miami's won a tremendous number of one-run games, and maybe they just it just built their confidence because they've obviously played very well lately as well. Um, you know, the Giants haven't been as good lately. I mean, there are teams that could slip back, so that's positive. But as we sit here today, they basically have to win two-thirds of their games to win in the upper 80s. And it's going to take in the upper 80s to get into the playoffs to National League. I do think still, even with some of those teams slipping back. So National League looks a little bit tougher than we thought, although they may get a little help, a little more help. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I'm not sure, uh, you know, like if I were just guessing, and I think both of us aren't thrilled with predictions, we don't like to do it. I I would say 86-87 is the third wild card because I'm – I'm with you. I'm not sure the Giants are that good. I'm sure not sure the Marlins are this good. Like I can imagine both of those teams playing 430 to 450 ball the rest of the year, that kind of thing, and and being in it. And is this 1973-ish where the Mets play just well enough for a long enough period at the end to get in, which, you know, our colleague, I don't know if you read the whole thing. It was really a terrific piece. Mike Vaccaro wrote a piece about the 1988 Mets and that it was kind of like the last time that everyone – in the clubhouse and out, fans, reporters, et cetera, expected the shoe to drop positively for them. Like, oh, they're the Mets. Of course, they're going to figure it out. They're going to beat the Dodgers, you know, kind of thing. And really, since then, it hasn't. And it has led me to the bigger question, which is, you know, they won 101 games last year. The owner seems fully engaged into doing whatever necessary to make it better. It almost feels like there's a sickness around the team. They've never won a division two years in a row. They've never made the playoffs three years in a row. They've been around for six decades now. It isn't like, oh, 1962. 1962 is a long time ago now. They've been around a long time. John, you're around the team a lot. A lot. We've taken the Wilpons out of ownership. Have we taken the Wilpons out of the team? <laughs> Well, it's only been three years, so we'll see uh, about that. Yeah, I covered that 88 uh, playoff series. Me I'm too, that yeah. old, and I was alive when they were formed in 1962. 
although I don't remember 1962. Uh, they've been a fairly star-crossed organization. They're not the only ones. I put the Angels in that category, a team that we always seem to love and seem to <laughs> underperform. Um, you know, on paper, they should be a team that can win 86 games, but to get to 86 now, they're going to have to go 20 over. Uh, can they go 20 over in less than half a year the way they perform? They're going to have to perform better in the second half than they did last year in terms of percentage play. They're going to have to perform better than every team except for the Braves uh, performed in the first half to get there. Uh, I just think it's a very tall order. They didn't do anything. I think the Yankees doing something. Uh, I think that's a plus. I'm glad to see that happen. I, I know Brian Cashman. I know it was a reaction to the Steinbrenner years where he changed pitching coaches every other year or even more than that. At some, at some point, it seemed like every year. Um but, you know, I, there are times when the coach isn't really connecting with the players. And apparently this was one of those times because, I mean, who knows what happened with LeMahieu, but you've got Donaldson, you've got Rizzo, uh, you've got so much underperformance, Stanton. And, uh, you know, let's to be on the positive side, I, I feel good about what the Yankees did. Uh, what if the, Met, the Mets, do the Mets need to do something? I mean, maybe bringing up Mauricio and Vientos. Yeah. Do they... I mean, their pitching is underperformed. I never, I make it a policy never to recommend a firing of anybody, but the pitching has underperformed at this point. Uh, you know, they're coming back with the same. They haven't changed anything, right? I mean, basically, uh, they got Trevor Gott, and nobody expects that to turn them around. Yeah, look, let, let's you you flip to the Yankees. Let, let let's fit to them. I'll, I'll start with one of the things you were talking about. Just the bunch. I would assume, assume. The three wild card teams would come from, say, Baltimore, Houston, the Yankees, and Toronto. Right? I think those are the four, and I actually think Baltimore is really good. I think they're going to get it. And so the question is, do the Yankees beat out Houston? Which would be funny if Houston knocks them out of the regular season, since we're so used to them knocking uh, them out of the playoffs. Or Toronto, it feels like that's what they have to do. And the, probably the number is in the low 90s, someplace to feel safe if you're going to going to get get there. So I think that's one. John, I'm with you. In 1991, uh, we did uh, both of us are baseball columnists at the New York Post. We didn't have a baseball columnist. So if you were the beat guy, you had to write columns also. And I got convinced to write a column at the end of the year about what should they do about Stump Merrill. And instead of just being strong enough in my late 20s at that point, still a young beat writer to say, well, we know what they're going to do at the end of the year. I fired him in the paper. And John, honestly, I bought the, the back pre-internet. I went and bought the paper the next day, opened it up read that I had fired another person and I not metaphorically, I limited, literally vomited like, and I don't like the whole talk show. Hey, let's fire everybody, whatever. I don't do it. That was the last time I did it. I would not, not do it again. I can make a case about what I like and dislike without saying it. John, this hitting coach for the Yankees was overmatched and overwhelmed. He was not qualified to do this job and he had no answers with veteran players or by the way, young players, when there was trouble, it all looks good on a graph paper talking about exit velocity and hitting strikes as hard as you can and all this and pull it in the air. But at a moment of crisis, you have to be able to give tips and help to people. And he was not able to do that. And I think I don't know if Sean Casey will be good at this or not. I think they needed to change not only the person, but the way the ship was going and obviously, Sean Casey's guy played 12 years in the major leagues, 300 hitter. And I think he's very much going to talk about, hey, guys, 
we can talk about all the other stuff. Once you're 60 feet, six inches away, it's a competition and you have to outdo the pitcher. Well, I mean, he's been there. And uh, not only 302 hitter uh, in the regular season, he had, I think, five, over 500 in the one World Series he was in. So he's going to engender the respect of all these very veteran guys who are going to lean on him a bit now because they need to lean on somebody. And I, I just didn't see them doing that with the previous coach. And I, he may be a fine coach, but to be the coach for the Yankees, I think you have to really have done something major in your career to have Stanton or Rizzo or LeMay who come up to you and really expect the right answer. And Casey has been there. He's done it. And I think that will be a big plus. I I, I get the skepticism. He's, he's Boone's good friend. All right. We've worked with a guy. He's very positive, as we all know, the mayor. And that's a big plus. That's a start. He's been there. That's another big plus. And I think he's a smart guy. Just because he's enthusiastic doesn't mean he's not a smart guy. And I, I think that will be another big plus for him. So uh, I love the fact that they did make that change. Like I said, I'm not going to recommend any changes with the Mets in terms of firings. I would like to see Mauricio and Vientos up uh, and and playing. And who down and who not playing. Well, I mean, at this point, Vogelbach is, you know, again, we don't want to talk about anybody's firing, but, you know, we're, we're talking about players you know, you could trade him, I guess. Um, you know, I think he's hamstringing uh, Buck Showalter. You know, I think it's difficult to have a guy who's a one-dimensional player and has been below average in that dimension. You've got a pinch, pinch run for him. He doesn't play defense. You know, that's fine if you're Yardon Alvarez, who does play some defense. But if you've got an OPS plus under 100, you know, at some point you've got to move on, I think, and try something different. And they've got two guys in the minor leagues who are hitting. I think there's a little bit skeptical about Mauricio's defense at this point, but I know I, I would take a, take some chances. They, they haven't done anything different. I do think they'll probably try to get another reliever. These guys need a rest. Obviously, even with that rotation that's got great pedigree, uh, they haven't pitched the innings in many cases. So they need more bullpen help in terms of uh, – helping out uh, Robertson and Adovino and that, that very small circle of trust that they have, really, uh, you know, before they really fall over. It's interesting. Drew Smith has pitched better post-sticky stuff than he did prior to. He's pitching well with him. Maybe he'll get into that circle of trust. Maybe God will. Let's just finish, John, the segment by just getting back to the to the Yankees a little bit. I think they are the opposite of the Mets for the last 30 years, Right. Whatever bad thing, we've seen some stuff midway through a season where we're like, they're Travis Hafnering it up. They're Lyle overbaying it up. And yet they figure out a way. Even the year they sold, right? They sold Chapman and Miller. They kind of got into the race in September. Gary Sanchez hit like crazy. So their pedigree suggests to me that they'll that Judge will get healthy probably, and they will figure out enough trade deadline, DNA, whatever. But John, I think that there are a lot of underlying problems there that have caked on for years. Bad acquisitions, too much age, a farm system that doesn't really produce good players. Philosophically, I think that they've lost their competitive edge in these games. It is not a computer shootout. I am not anti-analytic, but once the game begins, it's a damn game and you got to play the damn game. And too often they're not playing it well. And I I, the only reason I think they're going to make the playoffs is because they always make the playoffs, not because I like what I'm seeing. 
Well, I mean, that's a pretty good reason. Although when you put it that way, where they have to beat out Toronto, Houston, or Baltimore, you know, that makes you think about it a little bit because Toronto's pretty talented. You know, we, we do think. And Houston we'll do will get something there. in the next two weeks. And Houston will too. They'll get pitching. Yep. Obviously they've lost uh, Garcia or Keady and McCullers pitching wise, and they're still where they are. And, you know, they, they may win that division. It may, it may be Texas that they have to go against, but in either case, Texas is really good. So, um, you know, they're going to have to beat out one really good team, at least the Mets. You know, you could see flaws with Milwaukee, with San Francisco, with Miami, with some of these teams that are ahead of them. The Yankees are going to have to beat out one really good team. I think that's the issue more than anything that they're doing. I understand what you're saying about them not playing well, and they certainly have not. Uh, Their pedigree, the team pedigree is good. Uh, Their veteran pedigree is fantastic. Uh, Rizzo is a great player. I know he hasn't been that. I know Stanton has not been that. I mean, can these guys all be done at this moment? I can't imagine, right? Maybe one of them is done. I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe well, Donaldson's, Donaldson's done. done, right? All I mean, right Donaldson's maybe. done, right? That's, that's a clown but, show at this point. Well, we'll see. I mean, he can still play third. He's still a good he's defender. Third so. base, and he's, you know, if it's a home run derby where once every 20 times you put it over the fence and you strike out the other 19, yeah. he's it'll be a terrific play, player. It'll be It'll be interesting to see what they do with that. I mean, LeMayu hasn't hit yet either. I mean, is is Kiner Falefa going to be the third baseman? Are they going to call up Peraza? Will they will they trade? I don't. I really don't think. Well, Nolan Arenado sounded nervous about uh, whether he could be on the market, and I he, he knew it was a long shot. Uh, will they trade for a third baseman? Not not likely. Nolan Arenado, but uh, you know. We'll see. Hard to find there. one that's that's available and good, you know, unless you're yeah. thinking like Jamer Candelario is actually good. Uh, John, he's playing look, well. I, he's having he a good is year. playing well, but that's like always the dangerous one. Did he just play well for a half season and that's who he is, or is he somebody who's worthwhile to go get? He's certainly going to move in the next couple of, of weeks. I'll say this to, to close the segment, John. I think the ultimate indignity will be when the Astros trade for Jordan Montgomery and Jordan Montgomery knocks the Yankees out of the playoffs. That will be the ultimate. <laughs> you're, indignity. you're always envisioning something horrible. We we don't know that that's. I, be- I, I can't believe if we're playing good cop. <laughs> bad cop somehow you've become a good cop but yeah that's really really well something. compared to we, you we, we we know who a real good cop is you mentioned he's called the mayor and sean casey will be joining us next on the show with joel sherman and john Hayman. this is a particularly uh good one for me and john uh, John and I, we worked for a long time at MLB Network with Sean Casey. Uh, if you're watching the Yes app now, you're seeing not only the Yankee shirt, but the smile. Uh, he is the most naturally gregarious man, the well-earned nickname of the mayor. Uh, Sean, we appreciate you so much uh, for joining us and congratulations on being named Yankee hitting coach. And the first question I would ask is, like, you're leading the good life. It is good to work at the MLB Network. You know, the cafeteria is pretty good. Doing TV is fun. The producers and ter- directors are good. The research is great. What the hell are you doing sitting in a in Yankee Stadium right now as we're talking to you with your mustache, your Don Mattingly mustache, and your Yankee T-shirt? <laughs> well, good to see you, fellas, first off. Two of my favorites, and uh, it's been great working with you guys at the network all these years. Hey, I, you know what? I think for me, you know, this was such a unique opportunity. Um, you know, when uh, you know when it started to go down, talking to Booney and then getting a chance to talk to Brian Cashman, and and uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's the New York Yankees, and and there's not a, there's not not a man that's played Major League Baseball that hasn't wanted to wear the wear the pinstripes. 
And when the opportunity came up for a chance to, uh, you know, wear the, wear the pinstripes at this time of the season, knowing how good of a team we have. And, and, and really, I mean, I don't know if it's selfishly the word, but when you come to the Yankees, you're, you're here to win a World Series run. You're not here to get to the playoffs. You're not here to just have a good year like a lot of other places. You're here to win the whole thing. So for a chance to get a ring, um, just there's so many reasons that it was, a, it was the right fit for me right now. Well, I, I knew your attitude would be great. Uh, I, I'm kind of with Joel on that. Uh, you, you have a pretty good life, MLB Network, also the mayor's office, terrific podcast with our old Fred Chinch from MLB Network previously. Um, how did this come about? I mean, we know they talked to you in the winter about a hitting coach job. That started. You weren't able to do it then. Uh, tell me why that didn't work. And also, when did they start talking to you about this job? Yeah, well, when Booney had contacted me in the, in the offseason to maybe come as, like, the assistant hitting coach, and uh, I just couldn't do it at that time, Johnny. I just had, like, uh, you know, my dad had just come back from his second open-heart surgery. So that was a lot on, on the whole family. And then and then my um, my fiancé had gotten diagnosed uh, with breast cancer right around that time. And it was, just, it was just a storm of life, you know, the uncertainties of life that hit us all at times. And I just – it just – I wasn't – it wasn't the right time. And uh, – I really didn't think this would circle back. I, I I did think about doing it. I just couldn't do it then. And then when it opened up again, when Booney had come back, you know, to, to kind of throw it out there, um, you know, I, my wheels started to turn a little bit. And I talked to Sarah, my fiance, who had just got done with her 20th radiation like a couple of weeks ago, and she's cancer free. And so my dad's doing well now. He's, you know, getting stronger so my mom can take care of him. And, uh, you know, I just, I just, I talked to my kids and I just felt like this was perfect for me right now. Yeah, let's keep it uh, perspective. Uh, we're obviously thrilled for you that that Sarah and your father are doing better. So let's let's all have perspective on on that uh, case. Watching the Yankees the last few years and this year in specific, look, I, I I you worked with me, you know, I'm not an anti-analytic guy, but I think they've gotten away from kind of like that. It is a fight between you and the pitcher. It was clear when Sean Casey batted for 12 years. It was personal to you. It was a fight. Like, you know, you could go up there armed with all the information in the world, but at some point it's got to be you against the pitcher. I wonder if almost this is, is this your job to get the mentality back to, hey, here's a bunch of information. Here's a thing we do before the game. Here's what we do after the game. But during the game, it's a freaking contest and it's time to compete. Sure, that's a great point. I mean, I, I, to a man, you know, we all have to, when we get in the box, I mean, I think the one thing about being a hitter in the big leagues and even a pitcher in the big leagues, like you stand alone out there. There's no one that can help you. There's no number that can help you. There's no analytics that can help you. There's no hitting coach that can help you. There's no mom and dad, no fan, nobody can help you. And I, I think, and I think, you know, nowadays, you know, the right information for you to attack this guy, the right tools to have. And I also think though, there is a part of that competition, like, I'm actually trying to beat you. That, that's my sole goal is to beat you any way that I can with any number that might help me. And uh, I think there's, I think there's a, there's, it's a, it's a, it's great in, in today's game to, to get the great information that we have because we have so many great analytics guys, so many people that there too. But there is also an element of okay, what, how do you get your body to slow down? How do you get to turn your vision on? How are you able to strike this, uh, control the strike zone? What's your process to keep it simple? You know, to, to master that simplicity. So that now I can attack and and win that battle. So there, it, it's a marriage of both things. It's a marriage of the analytics, but also a marriage of like you're right, man. I, how am I going to beat you? And what's my best way to do it? I got to find a way to get a pitch that I can do damage on, or put it in play, or just get let get the line moving and 
And I think, um, you know, pass the baton to the next guy. Anytime you've watched the Yankees over the years, Sherman, you know, you followed these guys for a long time. I played against these guys. When you play against the Yankees, you're always thinking, man, we're in for a dogfight. You're in for a dogfight tonight. Like, and I think that, I think, you know, a lot of guys in this clubhouse, you know, think that that's what, that's the direction that we, we need to get back to is like, no, making it, making it really tough on that pitcher, knowing that when you come in to play the Yankees, like, you got some tough at bats coming for you. Well, the reason you're here is that the Yankees hitting has not been good this year. In fact, it's been terrible since Judge went out on June 3rd. Have you been watching video? And I mean, obviously, these guys are great hitters, uh, but they're not hitting. Uh, have you been watching video? And can you fix LeMayhew, Stanton, Rizzo, Donaldson? What do you think? How many of those four can you fix? <laughs> Jeez, Johnny, you know what? I'll tell you what I have. John, John took the rest of the questions from the interview right there, Sean. I, I got nobody left. You I can, can ask you about some guy at Double A if you've seen him. Well, I, they have enough. more than four hitters. Oh, okay, four okay, hitters. great. <laughs> you can ask about Lombard Jr., George Lombard Jr. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, um, you know what, Johnny? I think uh, one thing that I've learned, especially as a big league player, like. I didn't want big league coaches coming in and telling me, you know, that do this, do that, do this, do that. I got to get to know these guys. I got to get a rapport with these guys. I have to understand what makes them work. These are some of the best players in baseball. Like, like LeMahieu's won two batting titles. You know, Rizzo's been one of the best first basemen in the game. Donaldson's been a league MVP. Stanton's been a league MVP. I get they're not they're, that they're not hitting right now, but they will. These guys will hit. And I'm looking forward to getting that relationship with them where we can start figuring out the best way to keep attacking and get more consistent and put balls in play hard and really work good at bats. Um, and, and I'm really excited to work with these guys. I feel so honored. You know, when I was asked to do this, I looked at that lineup and I said, there's so much, they know there's so much better than they've been playing. And, uh, you know, I think they, you know, the sky's the limit. How At some point, these guys are going to get hot and we're going to get on a roll. Yeah, you know, the one guy uh, who's not mentioned in that small cluster is their best hitter, Aaron Judge. John mentioned since he hurt his right big toe on June 3rd in Los Angeles, he's been out. It's five weeks and counting. The Yankees are 14 and 17 since then. The offense has been among the worst in the sport. Uh, at your press conference, you mentioned, at your Zoom conference with reporters, you mentioned you communicated with Judge. Can you take us inside what, what you talked about? Because he's so clearly important to the team and not just batting second you know i think i think the one thing with judge i just felt like when i was talking to him i was like wow i get why they well, i get why he got the money he got i get why the yankees value him i get why he's one of the best players we've ever seen in this game and you know that conversation with him was big for me because i want to i know he's the leader in this clubhouse you know if i'm going to be the hitting coach i really need to get the heartbeat from the leader about you know the way he sees things and uh you know, for, for me, it's, uh, you know, th th I think the, the the constant message that comes up is, you know, we, we I think that philosophy of like, you know, just getting back to be, putting together really good at bats, getting back to, you know, kind of getting into those gritty, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten pitch at bats where, um, you know, we're, we're trying to move the line and, and, and play good team baseball and pass the baton to the next guy. But, you know, talking to Aaron Judge, I just was very impressed, Sherm, and uh, I can really see why. You know, he's everything that you think he is and probably more. You know, the Yankees have been a very analytics-heavy team, analytics-driven team. You played, uh, you know, it's been more, I don't know, at least more than a decade since you played with it. 
how heavy were analytics then? I mean, it looks, it feels like a departure from analytics. Do, do you follow analytics? Do you, are you interested in it? Or is this, is this going to be totally different? And maybe, maybe they need something different. I don't know. Well, John, Johnny, you know what, man? Like even I retired after the 2008 season, Like we had analytics then I'd get a packet every game. I knew what, what percentage the lefty was going to come in and face me in the seventh. I knew what guy, what, what he was going to try and wipe me out with two strikes. I knew what the pitcher had, what the mix was. I had video to look at every time I was done hitting. I could go right in the tunnel, check my video, see what I was doing. I could slow-mo it. Now, they don't have like 40 – they got like 45 angles now on, the, on these videos. It's incredible. You can see you can see anything. It's, it, it's amazing. But, you know, they, we had analytics when we were playing. You know, I think it's just at a different level now. I think there's more um, – it, it, they're just going deeper into things. And, uh, you know, I think, I think, I think there's a huge place for analytics. And I think there's also a huge place for, you know, the, the old school style too of like, Hey, we, we also got to see the ball and a hammer it too. So I, I think it's great to have as much information you can have that you can go into the box with. And then once you get in the box, you have your game plan and now you can really focus on the baseball and beating that guy on the mound. Case, I'm wondering in this very, very short period of time, it's, I'm sure it's been a whirlwind. Uh, since Sunday when this this uh, came up and you got to go through HR, you got to get the job, all, all the stuff, sign a contract, talk to a fiance, family, et cetera. What stands out the most? Uh, is there something like, have you learned something new? Like you mentioned all the film angles. Is there something like, my goodness, I can't believe this exists or a phone call you got, a conversation with one of the players. What's the thing that has stood out the most to Sean Casey over these last 96 hours? Um, how detailed the Yankees are, how, uh, I mean, they do not leave a stone unturned. I mean, this, I've talked to so many different guys and, you know, they've been so great to me. Everyone's, you know, reached out and, you know, trying to get me on the system and, 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 and share with me what's going on. I'm just impressed, Sherm. I'm just impressed how they work. Uh, you know, I, I'm really impressed with Brian Captain too. The calls I had with him, I was very impressed. You know, I know a lot of guys in baseball, Cash and I have kind of, crossed paths before, but we don't know each other that well. And I've had a, having the conversations with him just, you know, uh, I really enjoyed that. And I just really enjoyed uh, seeing how locked in the Yankees are. I can see now why they're one of the best franchises ever, the way they do business. I think that's just really impressed me. I just didn't know that you could go to this level of detail. You know, uh, you seem like uh, a guy after a win every day. You know, I, I share an office with you. You are always happy. Uh, you know, I remember you a little bit as a ball player. Um, you know, what is it like for you? I mean, I, some guys look like they're going to jump off the roof after the loss. Are, are, are you going to maintain that same uh, disposition? Because, uh, you know, there's going to be some losses. It's going to be tough. I mean, you've been in a lot of games and you were lost in a World Series. Um, but, uh, you know, losing in New York can be tough. Are you sure you're up for this? Yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready, Johnny. I mean, this you know I think you got to have a short memory in this game. If you don't, it'll eat you up. And you got to look at failure as information, failure as feedback. What can we do better tomorrow? What can we do better today? Um, so you know, at the end of the day, you know we have to be able, all of us have to be accountable for our jobs and the job that we do from the coaching staff to the players and going out there and winning. Like we said, when you're when you're putting on the pinstripes, there's only one goal, and that's to win the World Series. So you know, obviously, we're not going to win every game. But we're going to do everything that we can to be prepared to go out there and, uh, you know, put our best foot forward and try and win every game we can to get there where we want to go. 
I'm going to go off the board a little bit here with this question, but I've always wanted to ask you this. You hit like a thousand in the World Series. I don't think you made an out. Uh, yet your team stunk. Terrible. I mean, your team was a great team and just, you know, I don't know what the re whatever the reason the weather was bad. You might have had a layoff. Uh, it's been a few years, so I don't remember exactly, but team didn't play. Did you did you feel like you enjoyed it at all? I mean, you you what you, you hit you hit over over five hundred at least, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, looking yeah. back on it, do you have any sense of accomplishment, or is it a total wipeout that you lost? Nine for seventeen with two homers and two doubles in that World Series. Pretty good. Counting. Pretty 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 good. <laughs> you you know what, Johnny? I think when you look back at your career, I remember that was a painful like. Well, I remember sitting in the dugout after Game Five when we lost to the Cardinals because we were one one going to St. Louis and then we lost you know three there. And it was painful watching them celebrate and everything. But after you get out of the game and you look back, you know, I, I home run, I hit a home run game four, home run game five. I remember rounding the bases in game four. And, and literally, I kind of felt like that 12 year old kid thinking, oh, guys, I just home run the World Series. Like, it's a World Series. And I'm, I'm in the big leagues. Like, I, I never <laughs> happened that moment. So, you know, I think now, Johnny, I can look back and really appreciate, you know, some of the moments. Just knowing how hard it is to get here, knowing how hard it is to get to the big to get to the big leagues first off, but to get to the World Series and and then have some success, it was incredible. Listen, the bottom line is you want the ring, you want the big ring. You know, I got an American League Championship ring. I want the I want the World Series ring, and that's a big reason I'm here in New York. And I'd love nothing more than than this time to be celebrating on the field as opposed to being in the other dugout. Sean, just to wrap it up, first of all, happy birthday. You turned 49 about two weeks ago, right? Uh, you, yeah. uh, we'll we'll see what you look like at the end of the season. You look great <laughs> right now. Uh, but uh, you, one of the reasons I'm sure you took this job is how close you are with Aaron Boone. You, I think you were roommates in 99. You played together for six or seven years in Cincinnati. You remain close. Oftentimes, people say don't work with family because it could lead to problems. This is obviously a stressful job. Do you go into this with any trepidation that you are doing it with a friend and it is a stressful job? Uh, no, not not at all. Because, you know, you listen, we had a stressful job. We played six years together and we had to actually get hits. You know what I mean? We had, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, and I, I look at Booney and I'm like, man, you know, being the manager of the Yankees, there's a huge responsibility. And even as being the hitting coach. But, you know, our friendship goes way back. You know, we, you know, we've really known each other for almost, you know, 25 years, 25 years plus. And, uh, you know, I respect him as a man. I respect him as a friend. I respect him as a, as a manager of, of the Yankees and what he's done as a player. You know, I played for his dad, Bob, for three years. I played with his brother, Brett, my first year in the big league. So, you know, very respectful for the for the whole Boone family. But at the end of the day, we both have a job to do. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm here to win just as much as he is. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know whatever, wherever that goes, it goes. And, and if he ever has to have a tough conversation with me, I'm sure he will. And, and vice versa, if I have to have a conversation with him i will too and uh but i'm excited to be with him man like i said uh i've been in the i've been in the uh in in the competition with him before you know when it was six years in the big leagues playing against playing with him and i'm excited to be uh next to him in that dugout again yeah you know i tend to try not to talk for john but i'm going to talk for him here johnny and sherm are going to miss you in secaucus at the uh at the mlb network uh, but Johnny and Sherm are glad you're in the Bronx. We get to talk baseball, Yankee baseball with you. Uh, Sean, congratulations on being named Yankee hitting coach. And thanks for joining us on the show. You guys are the best, man. Looking forward to seeing you guys again soon. I'm sure I'll see you around the park and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, guys.
We thank Sean Casey, a terrific guest, of course. Uh, John, hit or error, we just were at the All-Star game. Anything stand out to you? Well, you know what? MLB's had a terrific first half, and I do love the All-Star game. We still have the best All-Star game by far, but I'm going to go in error. I, I like the progress made in the Home Run Derby where they do it on time rather than swing. That was a huge, huge plus. But that Home Run Derby is too long. I shouldn't admit this on camera, but... I couldn't make it through the whole thing. I left and walked home to back to my hotel. I remember you leaving, John. <laughs> Some of us well, stuck was, it out. I, I think it was three hours into it. I'm not sure how many hours. And then I I find out that Vlad Guerrero won it when it should have been the hometown guy, Julio Rodriguez. So there's something wrong with the rule because Julio Rodriguez, in my mind, and I left after he hit all those home runs, he won the home run derby, yet the wrong guy won. So I, I'd like to adjust two rules. One is to count all the home runs that you hit, not go by rounds, and to uh, make it shorter. Whether you know these guys look exhausted by the end of it, I know I was watching them, so they look exhausted. I would say two minutes around instead of three minutes, and then get out of there because it is improved, but it's still got some issues. John, my error is, and I think this is one you disagree because I think you think they should add some time for the postseason. Tony Clark, the head of the union. When he addressed that every year at the uh, All-Star Game midway point, the commissioner and uh, the head of the Players Association, Tony Clark, Rob Manfred, they give uh, the writers about 45 minutes each, uh, 45 minutes to an hour. And Tony Clark mentioned that, you know, during both negotiations and now, they'd like to see some adjustments, I think specifically to the no runners on 15 second one. Uh, they if for for the, either September or October, Rob Manfred I think gave lip service to it by saying, "Oh, you know we'll we'll be open minded." I don't think they'll be open minded. I just come back to this: if you could draw a parallel to me that people are getting hurt because of the quickness with which we are playing now, the quicker pace, then I would say an adjustment is made. If not, we're doing fine. And I cannot imagine in an NBA playoff like game seven where Stephen Curry would get a shot off at 25 seconds instead of 24 at the buzzer to decide game seven. And we'd start criticizing the rule instead of the player or the strategy of how the ball was got to him. If Patrick Mahomes didn't get a playoff in 40 seconds in the Super Bowl to decide it and there was a delay of game penalty, we wouldn't blame the referee or the rule. We'd blame Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the strategy and I think it's wrongheaded. I think we have made a good rule. We're playing with greater pace, and there's some good things coming out of that. And I think our most exciting games, which are already going to get extra time because of extra ad time for every half inning, don't doesn't need this. I'm with you. It's a great rule. Why change it? Uh, I would keep the same rule going. And I and I get you know obviously they do change the rule for the man on second in the extra inning game. And I think they're getting that one right too. I love the man on second. Uh, those games are so exciting. There's now strategy instead of everybody going up there, trying to hit a home run and the games end quicker and more interestingly. So I like it in the regular season, but in the, in the postseason, I, I agree with them. I think they've got all of that right. And I am with you. You've got it right too. You know, I understand Tony Clark. He's protecting the players. I feel it. I feel me and you. We're we're, we're going to have a second half of Kumbaya. We're going to agree on a lot of stuff. We just agreed on one thing, Joe. Let's not oh, get carried okay. away. Yeah, I thought I thought I could feel like a Garrick Ripken-like <laughs> streak coming on out of this. All right. Well, 
maybe we'll see. All right. Can I say what I do like? I do like how much uh, Jake Brown and Andrew Hartz help us every week as the producers of this show. They always help navigate us through. Uh, don't forget, I also like that this show drops on the Yes uh, app uh, probably Wednesday about noon every week. You get to see our free faces. Hey, it is important to us. Subscribe to the show, rate, review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to stick with us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Hayden.